Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. For the past couple of years, I've worked at a supermarket as a personal picker. What I pretty much do is go aisle to aisle and pick up items from my selected list and stash them in the back for delivery. It's still mostly from online that items get ordered, but we still get a handful of people strolling around the place. Every so often, I would have to help customers and there was an occasional side task of putting back items taking away out-of-date items, and removing spare cardboard from the shelves. You get the idea. I just didn't really mind the job that much. I mean, sure, the boredom could be overwhelming at times, but I never let it get in the way of things, and the pay was good enough for me. The one thing I did find to be almost unbearable was interacting with other people. I'm not a very social person myself, and that sentiment has grown over the course of my job, to the point where I almost cringe at any sort of interaction. I don't particularly hate having to talk with people, since that's part of my job, but I find interaction with unfamiliar people to be awkward at best. Even talking with some of my colleagues makes me a bit uncomfortable, which I'm not exactly proud of. As much as I don't revel in socializing, I don't like to stand out too much either. I'm just an average somebody who prefers to stay in between. It's hard to explain, but that's the basic gist of who I am. Up until a couple of weeks ago, my work was plain routine. Get up at 9, get dressed, catch a bus, unless I was in a mood in which I walked. Clock in work on the shop floor for the first half of my nine-hour shift, take a break, work off the last remaining hours, clock out and leave. Pretty mundane, right? Well, like I said, that changed when one of my colleagues started to avoid people. Now for this story, I'll refer to him as Ben, since I never really actually learned his name not having interacted with him much. He was one of the new employees, being a couple of months in when this took place. Relatively straight-laced, quiet, just an average, everyday guy. Liked to talk when it was necessary. Only time he spoke to me was on two occasions, and it was only two words between us. Hello? And hey kept his mind on the job just like me. Looking back, hell, we had a lot in common. And it stayed that way until on a Monday. He was practically absent from sight. Now at first, I figure he was just taking some time off, but over the course of the following week, I hadn't seen even a glimpse of him at all. 
On the last day, I overheard the managers talking about an uninformed absence. And, well, you could guess who I was thinking of then. The week after, I kept an eye out for Ben, and lo and behold, nothing. Now, I may not be a social guy, but I notice when things are out of place. Well, out of place might be over-exaggerating it. It was really the small things, but it was usually a couple days after I would see them again. But Ben was a different story altogether. The next week came, and again, there was no sign of him. I thought about asking a manager about it, but decided it wasn't my concern. It may seem callous, but considering he was the one staying out from work, and we barely knew each other, I didn't bother to care about the situation. I stuck to my own business for the remainder of that week, but just as I was about to leave and clock out, I saw a movement in the corner of my eye near the storage area. This was one of the few areas at work I never ventured into since storage wasn't a part of my job. I would have ignored it, if not for someone calling me in a hushed voice. Now the place wasn't exactly quiet, but I was able to hear the words, Come here, emerging from the storage. I looked over and saw an arm gesturing me to come to it. I stayed in place looking around to see if anyone else was nearby in case they were the intended person the voice wanted, but I was the only one in the area, so I took my chances and walked over. The storage area was more or less what I expected, endless stock of items piled into corners and shelves and packages in cardboard boxes. As soon as I neared where the arm was emerging, it shot out and grabbed me by the jacket collar before pulling me behind a shelf. I was in shock mode for a few seconds before I saw it was Ben. I calmed down a little bit, but the shock was still there since I hadn't seen him for two weeks, and he had a panicked and almost manic look on his face. You know too, right? He asked, sweat dripping down from his brow. What are you talking about, and why have you been avoiding work since last week? I asked him, confused. Ben's face fell before he let out a slight chuckle. So you don't know what goes on here yet, huh? What happens to people like you and me? I was growing increasingly confused and nervous. One, it was making no sense whatsoever, and two, he still had me by my jacket. I haven't been avoiding work, I've just been staying away from them, he spoke. I've been sneaking in and out of sight all that time. Okay, I said, trying to figure a way out of there. Can you just explain to me what the hell it is you're talking about? And then, let me go. Ben took a deep breath before releasing his grip on my jacket. I would have made a dash out of there, but Ben promptly placed a hand on my shoulder and said, The people here, they're not normal. They seem to be every day, but when someone like you or me comes along, they get suspicious. You know what I mean? They get suspicious. Alright dude, what the hell do you mean? I mean, they seem pretty normal to me, I replied. Ben shook his head. 
No, far from it. You know how there's always plenty of talk between them? He asked, to which I gave an unsure, yeah? Well, that's for a reason. A sort of routine line, if you get what I mean. There's no conversation for the sake of conversation. All part of the line. When someone decides not to engage, the line starts the shift and the people in that line risk losing what makes the line steady. Now, I still didn't understand what he was getting at, but thinking back, I did take note that there was some sort of artificiality to the chats my colleagues had with each other. Call it insane rambling from an antisocial man, but that was what I saw in it, and evidently, I wasn't the only one to notice. Think of the workers as cattle, and chit-chat being the gruel they sustain. That cattle sustaining something far beyond our comprehension, Ben continued. I know I'll never find out. I think they're on to me, and it's just a matter of time before I'm kicked off the line. But you've got a decent chance. How so? I asked. I've been here for a couple of years, and I've never engaged in their cattle feeding, as you called it. How do you know I'm not already in their sights? Ben gave a slight smirk. Damned if I know, he said. Maybe they're biding their time, or perhaps they need at least one person like you to keep something in line. Like what? I asked, a little agitated at his vague answers. Think of it like a needle in a haystack. It just doesn't belong there, but it blends in nonetheless. That didn't help much. I was about to inquire more before a noise was heard from the back room. You've got to go. Wouldn't want to stay over your shift. I took the hint and was about to make my way out of there before turning back and asking, How come you don't leave while you have the chance? Ben shrugged and said, Still getting paid, ain't I? Before ducking out of sight. Now I didn't have time to comprehend this. In light of what was being told, I didn't want the chance running into someone while my shift was over. Only times I stayed past was the help in the occasional restocking. I ducked away from sight as a manager came walking around the corner. As soon as he was out of sight, I made my way to clock out. Call me crazy, but it was better not to have anyone know that I didn't. They know when someone fails to clock in or out. After that, I made my way to the exit and promptly broke out into a run. My heart was pounding and my lungs were burning by the time I made it home. I couldn't sleep that night. My mind was racing from what Ben had told me. It still sounded like crazy talk, but there was just something to it that I couldn't ignore. I'm not sure how to describe it, but it's something that was definitely out of the ordinary. I spent the day after trying to gather myself. Suffice to say, no such luck. My exhaustion from this, coupled with my lack of usual sleep, allowed me to slip out of consciousness pretty quickly. The dream I had that night was haunting, to say the least. I was at work in the empty storage room, only it was after dark and the lights were out. I could hear slight noises from various points of the room before a horrible silence filled it. Then, I turned around and I saw something reach out towards me, and I woke up with a jolt. 
But when I woke up, it was 7.45 in the morning, at least nearly an hour before I had to go to work. I spent the initial time preparing my breakfast before contemplating what to do next. I considered calling in sick. I mean, trust me, I really wanted to. But I had a gut feeling that would put some suspicion on me. If Ben's words were correct. And in case you were wondering, no. I don't know why Ben kept clocking himself in, and how he did so without anyone noticing. Half an hour went by before I readied myself for work. This took at least five minutes. I decided to walk to work so I could have some time to steady myself since I didn't want the chance being under the eyes of my colleagues. The walk took another half hour before I arrived at the supermarket and sat in the colleague lounge for the remaining 15 minutes before clocking in. The day went by without incident, which I was thankful for, but I was still unnerved about the rest of the week. I figured if I just kept below the radar for the rest of the week, I would be in the clear. The next three days went by in a flash. Nothing noteworthy happened and no one seemed to have cast me a second glance. On the last day, however, I wasn't so lucky. My shift was nearing its end when one of my managers spoke my name and asked if I could spare a moment of my time. This wasn't too uncommon, so I said yes. He asked me if I could stay a bit to help out with the other activities. I should have caught on that something was not right then and there. But assuming it would be restocking or taking away expired items and such, I accepted. The manager gave a smile and said, Glad to hear it, before walking away. At first, things seemed like the usual. I restocked the shelves, took away expired items, and helped out the occasional customer. I lost track of time during these activities, which is somewhat of a habit for me. I tend to focus more on the task at hand that time seems to fly by, and I quickly figured this out when I looked at the clock after throwing away the last of the excess cardboard from the shop floor. I had stayed on my shift for over an hour, and it was starting to get dark. It didn't take me long to figure out that they had counted on my habit, and had kept their eyes on me the whole time. The realization of this made me feel queasy and I was about to dash out of there when the lights went out. I was taken aback by this. There had been a power outage at work before, but this was too convenient. The darkness coupled with the fading light from outside caused the room to go pitch black. Since my eyes weren't prepared for the abrupt lack of light, I was essentially blind in an empty room. I immediately remembered my nightmare, which seemed to be coming full circle. The best I could do was hunker down somewhere to calm myself and adjust my eyes to the dark. I stayed that way for what seemed like forever, when it really must have been minutes, until my surroundings finally started to become clear. I took a quick glance around before slowly making my way into the open. It was then that I heard it. A muffled scream echoed from behind me, followed by a ragged breath of pure malice. I never should have turned around. I saw that storage room at the end of the hall. And there was Ben. And the thing from my nightmares. It had Ben in its hands, but I had a feeling it was looking at me. 
I couldn't tell for sure since it was so dark in that room. Only black outlines of hands on Ben. It stayed motionless for a time before it let out a roar, which sounded like a thousand mouths in unison. And then blackness enveloped him. Screams and the sounds of tearing could be heard all around the room. The formless thing then entered to envelop everything around it in darkness, and it was coming in my direction, and echoed out one word in Ben's voice. Run. And that was my breaking point. I sprinted out the nearest door in an attempt to escape the pursuing abomination. Pure luck was on my side as I quickly found the exit and promptly forced it open. The night sky shone above me as I ran as far away from that place as I possibly could. By the time I got home, a heart attack would have been a mercy, but no such luck. Instead, I poured various amounts of alcohol down my throat until I passed out on the floor. When I awoke, everything seemed normal again. The pounding headache made me briefly forget the experience, but it all came back to me as soon as it was gone. My mind went into full overdrive on what to do next. The only logical conclusion was to quit my job. And just as I made my mind up, the phone rang. It was the manager from that day. He sounded calm and casual as he spoke. Hey, if it's not too much trouble, could you come down here tomorrow? We have something to discuss about you. I was skeptical since he was being vague, which was not the usual quota for a manager, especially when they asked you to come to work for a discussion. And I was terrified since he made it clear the topic was about me. I gave him a meek, okay, which didn't seem to face him as he gave a hearty, ah, perfect, see me in the interview room at 10, before the phone hung up. I put my mind in a frenzy for the rest of the day, and the nightmare I had that night didn't help. I went into work that next morning looking worse for wear. I got there ten minutes before ten, and immediately saw the manager. And he quickly saw me and gave me a greeting smile. Oh, you're a little early, he said, his tone no different than yesterday. But we could work with that. Come with me, please. He motioned for me to follow him, which I did. The interview room wasn't anything special, just a room with a table and a couple of chairs. I sat on one side and he sat on the other, so we were both facing each other. First, would you like anything? Coffee, perhaps? You do seem like you could use it. No doubt he took note of my ragged state, but I wanted to get this over with, so I simply replied, no thanks. He shrugged before he put his hands together on the table and started talking. Don't worry, you're not in any trouble. I just want to talk about your social standing, if you get my meaning. I nodded, to which he continued. Now, we don't discourage anyone being antisocial and such. If they're not comfortable or prefer so, that's not a problem. Though we do at least ask they have a little engagement here and there. One of our colleagues had been fired for avoiding work for a couple of weeks in a row, and, well, we'd prefer if that didn't happen again. I quickly surmised he was talking about Ben, but I didn't press on the matter. I've also noticed you don't take a lot of time off work. 
he said, which caught me a little off guard. Excuse me? I asked, to which he responded, well, it's just a simple matter of discussing your contract. Now, this was getting off topic, but I couldn't bring myself to make note of this. In light of this, we decided to give you some time off. Paid, of course, he chuckled. At least a week or two. I mean, nothing crazy. Just enough for you to kick back a bit before you tire yourself out. I had a feeling of what was going on, but played along. Oh, and when you get back, do try to exchange some words between you and your colleagues, if only a few, just so that no one feels left out. He finished, that smile still on his face. I simply nodded and said, yeah, I'll try, to which he said, I'm sure you will, before looking at the nearby clock and standing up. Well, that's about all we have to discuss. You could be on your way now was the last thing he said as he motioned for me to leave. All I could say was, thank you, before walking out that door. If you're looking for a straight answer to all of this, there really is none that I can give. Outside of what Ben told me, well, I know pretty much nothing about this line I'm stuck in. I don't know what part I'm playing in it. I don't know how it all works. I don't know what that thing is. And frankly, I don't want to. I decided to stay at my job, which may sound insane, but I don't think I have much of a choice in the matter. And Ben did say the line may need someone like me for something. For what purpose? Damned if I know. I don't question things now, and I don't keep to myself so much anymore. But after that night, the prospect of talking to the people I call colleagues, it still frightens me.